Hello, my name is Ben. And I'm Sammy. And we are the hosts of the Too Vague podcast this week. We are going to talk about nostalgia. Nostalgia. Yes, nostalgia. Mm. Let's think of something that brings you back to a particularly happy time in your life that we would call nostalgic. Is there is there a situation that that you that you remember fondly and and kind of comes back to you when you, you know, smell certain things or taste certain things or touch certain things or anything like that? For me, it's the smell of rain. Um, being in the desert, rain was always very welcomed. Oh, yeah. Um, but as far as other things, I mean, hearing the world, the word nostalgia, um, the first thing that pops in my mind is like stuff from the 80s, right. whether it's 80s music, 80s fashion, things like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not from the 80s myself. Right. Um, but I did partake in a lot of that kind of, dare I say, nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another thing that has always resonated me with me with that word is Grand Theft Auto Vice City um, also being very nostalgic. That video game in itself also takes place in the 80s, but growing up playing that game so often, and I actually just got it again recently. Right. And replaying it now, it just really brings me back to when I felt happy you, as a child. When you were playing it as a child. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting because because the way it would be nostalgic for me is different than the way it's nostalgic for you, right? right? Because the the songs on the radio and things, right? Mm-hmm. There was a song on the radio. It was like a B side of a B side for a Genesis song that was called "Mama," and it didn't get any popularity at here at all. Mm-hmm. But they used it for one of the radio stations in Grand Theft Auto. And I was a fan of the the band Genesis. Mm -hmm. So to me, that was really cool. So now every time I I hear or listen to that, it kind of brings me back to when I realized that, that Grand Theft Auto had that song in it. But it's, it's also something that brings me back to when I was introduced to yeah, I had a weird musical upbringing in the in the 80s. (laughs) Because I went I had friends who loved metal, like the hairband stuff. Mm-hmm. I had friends that liked the more like classic rock stuff. I had friends that liked the new wave stuff. So I just got a smattering of everything. So I liked things that were more popular like Genesis, but I also liked the Violent Femmes and the Psychedelic Furs and Echo and the Bunnymen and all those 80s band things. Right. There's, there's also a distinction to be made between nostalgia and retro when something is retro it's something from a a past generation right right retro to me is 70s for some reason okay and i and i automatically think of like 70s fashion okay but you don't think you don't think of 80s as retro no i think it's 80s and 90s as nostalgia things that are nostalgic are feelings that you associate so you think about it visually absolutely visually Okay. okay Mm-hmm. Um, so a nostalgia is like a second, like retro is anything beyond the last 30 years, sure. 40 years or yeah, something 40, for you. 40. Okay. Yeah. That's an interesting definition. The definition of nostalgia came from a two Greek words, nestos, which is return or homecoming and algio, algio, I don't know how to pronounce Greek. Either way. It's all Greek to me. <laughs> what that means is suffering. So the use of the word nostalgia, it's a word that was first started to be used in the 1700s and 1729. But it's interesting because it had a kind of a, a negative context. It was used to describe anxieties of Swiss mercenaries fighting away from home. How it oddly specific. The origin, it's oddly specific because that's what a Swiss scientist used to describe the mental state of these mercenaries. And that's, you know, the way words, I mean, words fascinate me. I mean, it's just so interesting how they, the meaning of something like that can change in generations. Like what, what the word nostalgia means to you is different than the textbook definition. Like if other people think that, 
then it can become that. Right. right? It can change. So that is where the origin of, of nostalgia comes from. And then as time went on, it started to be associated with more positive things. Strictly speaking, nostalgia could be negative. Right now, the way it's defined and the way most people see it, it's a positive thing. Right. Have you heard of DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince? <laughs> no, not at all. I've heard of the television show, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Bel-Air. Is that the same thing? It stars Will Smith. William Smith. Who is the Fresh Prince. I see. And DJ Jazzy Jeff was also in the show as his friend, probably Jeff. I don't know. I didn't watch that show sense. too much. His name was Jeff. Yeah, that was based loosely on DJ Jazzy Jeff was a DJ and met Will Smith. They basically came together and started writing, doing songs that are more like uplifting, funny rap songs. It was kind of bubblegum rap, sort of. There wasn't really a term bubblegum rap, but that's what I would call it. Well, you just made that term. I just made that up. That's good. And I think that's, you know, that's kind of what it is. It, right. it was it was more uplifting rap. It wasn't anything having to do with Yeah, I I I like that bubblegum rap. I think I watched a interview with Will Smith mm-hmm. um, when I was a lot younger, and I specifically remember him telling the reason why he doesn't like cuss in his rap music is because his grandma told him not to. Right. Or something is it was something as simple as that and right. that's why he never never did. cussed in any any of his rap music. But yeah. a lot of people when they think or hear any kind of rap music there there's always cussing An association in it. with that. Yeah. And definitely yeah. with violence or money, bitches, cars, whatever, right. you right. know, that's a lot of rap music. Also a lot of stand-up comedy. There's sort of an association with profanity in the, in that as well, where mm-hmm. where people seem to put more stock in being a quote unquote clean comic, right? Maybe I can understand it. I mean, to me, cussing is great. It's part of my vocabulary. Yeah, I yeah. I do find it hilarious. Yeah. Um, well, who was that um, comic? I think he was from like maybe the early '80s, late '70s. He was known for being filthy. Um, white dude known for being filthy there's there's... i mean i think he was also on saturday night live i don't know Hmm. you're not talking about rodney dangerfield are you no no he was white okay well rodney dangerfield's white i don't know who i'm thinking of then um he was like an old white man (laughs) and it's just funny because you look at the guy and you wouldn't think that he's gonna be you know singing a song about dicks and pussies but he's singing a song about dicks and, and pussies. pussies all the time. Huh. I'm curious. Because like Gallagher, when it keeps popping up in my mind, but I that was a watermelon dude. That was the watermelon dude. You just dude. smash watermelons. Yeah. Um, you're not talking about George Carlin. Mm, yes, I think maybe. George Carlin did the, the words you can't say on television, which is... Shit, piss, cunt. Yes, cock, that one. That fucking tits. guy. Yeah. yeah. That guy. Okay. So, yeah. So go ahead now with your George Carlin. You know, I actually don't even remember where I was going with that. Um, but <laughs> we I were guess, talking. We were talking about clean comedy. Oh, versus, yeah. But yeah. when I think of cussing and comedy, he's the first guy that, that pops up into my mind. George because, Carlin. Yeah. Yeah. Because of his, uh, words his language. That, his words that you can't say on television. Right. He was also a big fan of language and words and right. what they mean too. He got really political towards the end of his, his life. His, his comedy kind of turned to political observations more than anything else as opposed to, you know, more common human conditions. But, but I mean, he was, he was, he's regarded as a, as a great comedian, George right. Carlin. The seven words. I just need to say the seven words. Yes. Which are shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. <laughs> I think you can say shit on TV now. Maybe. Or bitch. What, yeah. Either one. Or I, both. I don't know. What about tits? I don't think you can say tits. But I don't know. I actually haven't had real television in years. Right. It's kind of a, a moot point now but with all the different, you know, like Hulu. Hulu Originals or your Netflix or mm-hmm. any of those specialized channels, yeah. it's it's all the same now, right? It is all the same. So, so you have... All these streaming services have everything you want. And if right. you can't find what you want, YouTube it. 
By the way, that list was from the 1970, uh, 1972. Ooh, early 70s. Right, okay. which is one year after I was born. Yeah. Very retro. <laughs> yeah, very. I, I want to say it again. Do it. Shit, mm-hmm. piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, <laughs> and tits. Tats. Tits. He also said in his whole thing that it's like it sounded like a snack. New cheese tits. Mm, cheese tits. Yeah. Sounds like anyway, a great snack. Yep. I don't know how we got off on that and nostalgia. Yeah, I have no idea. But a- anyway, it, that that brings back that. <laughs> I used to listen to, the, to George Carlin comedy albums when I was younger, and in right. nostalgia at its core, what it senses that take you back to a certain point in your life or make you remember things vividly. Right. And it's funny that you mention weather because. They've been doing research, right, on what the strongest generators of nostalgia are as far as our senses are concerned. Mm-hmm. And generally they find that, that smell and touch are the big ones because they pass through uh, the, the, the amygdala, central seat of feelings in the brain. So anything having to do with feelings goes through the amygdala. So they... they theorize that that's the reason why those two things are strong is because they you know those signals pass through that portion of the brain the brain is very complex what do you think about the brain same same very complex but they also find interestingly enough that weather is a big one too music and weather are two big things that can bring you back and i find 80s music always brings me back to some point right. in my life be it school be it working at the tcby do you know what the tcby was no idea um it was the country's best yogurt it was a yogurt shop okay yogurt shops were big back in the in right. the uh, i mean in they the have the frozen 80s. yogurt yeah. fro froyo stuff yeah. here yeah they do the TCBY was sort of a chain of stores they would deliver frozen yogurts in these big sacks of gross sort of and you dump that in Mm. into the machine and then you would you know you'd have to clean out the machines every night all the kids who loved the 80s new wave music they're the ones who introduced me to all the new wave stuff yeah i think what really i mean got me into 80s um growing up my mom listened to a lot she was uh into like classic rock but mostly into disco okay my mother was in like disco competitions and oh, wow. things like that in the okay. 70s. Interesting. Um, where where did she grow up? Well, she grew up in like the Midwest, but she moved out to California. I think this the first chance she got. She like dropped out of high school at like 14. Oh, wow. And then um, lived with my grandfather for a while and never finished school. But she, when she was 18, she just moved to California and just did her own thing. Mm-hmm. San Francisco, San Diego. So she just traveled California. Yeah, she just did her own thing right. um, during the 70s, just tripped acid. But as far as like the 80s music, I think what really brought me into it, the, f- the first band I really listened to was Berlin, actually. Oh, I love Berlin yeah. so much. Um, yeah. Not necessarily Take My Breath Away Berlin, so, but so, more like the Metro Berlin. Right, right. And that's that's an interesting thing because that's when they that's around the time they broke up when they started getting into the more popular, the, right. to, the Top Gun, right. Take My Breath Away song mm-hmm. was at the tail end. Terry Nunn and the rest of the band. I only remember Terry Nunn because she, she had, had quite such the a vibrato. Music. She had a great voice. Yes. That's a great. Um, that's a great one. I had watched a. Um, there was a show on television called I think it was VH1 Reunited. Oh, okay. Where they would bring back these yeah, bands yeah. from the eighties and have them reunite those. for like yeah. one show. They did one for Berlin and right. they performed the Metro. And I think I was like, wow, I really like that song. Um, so I, well, God, what was that music downloader thing on the internet back in the early, early, early two thousand Napster. Napster. Yeah. yeah. Got Napster, downloaded a bunch of Berlin, and then it was like other liked music. Right. Um, I had already was into, you know, Morrissey, the Smith, like all of that, right. the cure. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's when I got kind of more into like the poppy new wave eighties music. Right. And then boom, here comes Grand Theft Auto Vice City. 
Right, and, then and they, they the took music advantage. in right. there, um, they really took advantage of. They had they had a station called New Wave, mm-hmm. um, and I think it was called, oh, it was called Wave One Hundred Three. Okay, and it was my favorite radio station on there. It was also my sister's favorite radio station, so yeah. much so, my friend, that she actually got the the logo from the radio station from this video game tattooed Tattoo. on her leg. <laughs> okay, yeah, there you go it really got me in to all the other eighties music. Mm -hmm. And I went through this big phase and I even cut my hair really short. And I mean, I'm talking like a flock of seagulls. Right. As Um, you can see in those photos, I had the flock of seagulls. Oh yeah, of course, of course, because you know, we were the eighties goth kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but without me being in the eighties, but you were in the eighties. I was in the eighties. Oh yeah. Wasn't even born in the eighties. Roller rinks. Roller rinks. I've been to roller rinks, but Not in the heydays. No, not like for I sure. Roller They're rings. definitely not what they are anymore. Is I think there's one left in Tucson. And they allow roller blades and stuff, right? It's kind of like it's a roller rink for everything. It's not just like your old fashioned roller skates. Like rent your wheels. skates and go. Yeah. yeah. And now, with the beautiful, beautiful Spotify, mm-hmm. you um, can listen to anything. You can listen to anything you want, and then YouTube. Right. Of course, Of too. course, YouTube. If you can't find it on Spotify, it's on YouTube. And sometimes you can find those crazy 80s videos, which are my favorite. Oh, yeah. I love I love how they were just learning, like, what they could do with them. So they just had random sort of things, oh, you know? Oh, absolutely. Like, there's a video that I remember. It was a remake of the song Strangers in the Night, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is an old song, right? strangers in the night it was you know it was a very old song right and this guy peter bauman did a new wave version of it just the video makes no sense whatsoever there are flying shapes there there are things where it's like rotating like a a ball a triangle like a pyramid triangle and a square and then their kids who are watching people kissing and then there's homeless people turning into well-dressed people. And it's just so bizarre. Yeah. But it's like, that's the eighties. That's the eighties. They were trying to figure out stuff to do with, with videos, with music videos. Right. When I think of eighties music videos instantly, it's take on me. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was a classic. That was was a great one. I mean the song. Yes, of course. Beautiful. Amazing. But the music, the music video is so good. Yeah, I love that one. I was I was a big fan of Aha even after they, you know, they hit their kind of their peak and just kind of disappeared for most people. They mm-hmm. they put out a few more albums I think in the through the nineties, and I seem to remember I may have one of the ones I think they made a one in two thousand two. Aha was a good, a good band. Yeah. They also did the song for one of my favorite Bond movies, which is The Living Daylights. Duran Duran. Speaking of Uh, James Bond songs, Duran Duran. Duran Duran. Yep. Good shit. My first concert. That's nice. Yeah. I hear a Duran Duran song. I kind of remember. Music specifically is very tied to memories. For me, the same. And I think that's sort of nostalgia, but I think nostalgia is more of a feeling taking you back somehow to that, right? right? There are memories of those things, and then there are things that actually feel like you're there. Yeah, one of my favorite things is, you know, a a memory that you completely forgot about. Um, And you hear something or smell or taste or whatever your senses pick up, and then it brings you back to that moment that you... Had no idea you had in your brain. Right. I think that's absolutely fascinating that that mush inside your skull can do that to you. Those electrical signals and stuff. Yeah. I think there's a part of that that's like, you know, deja vu. There's a sort of like that that feeling Mm. that you've been somewhere before that I think also can be triggered by sort of a nostalgia thing even though you don't remember right Right. you 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 were taken back somehow to a thing and it seems familiar because something in your brain says it is but you don't know why i don't know what do you think a glitch in the matrix a glitch in the matrix take what i i forget which which uh pill to take all the time i'll take them both 
Did did you see there's a new a new Matrix? I saw. I haven't seen it yet. I don't. I don't. Is it out? No, it's not out. Okay. But it, but they they had the trailer. I mean, I'm interested for sure. There are no yeah. Keanu Reeves. Yeah, Keanu Reeves is going to be in it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. cool. And I think there's someone else is playing sort of a, a version of Lawrence Fishburne's character. What's his name? Uh, Neo. Let me tell you about yeah, that. Well, what was his name? I, I forget. Shit. It's been so long since it I've seen The Matrix. It has been a long time. And Morpheus. Then, Morpheus. Morpheus. Boom. Two points for Sammy. All right. Sammy's on the board with the nostalgia. With the nostalgia of the Matrix, um, early two thousands nostalgia. Right, back when the Wachowskis, their timeline, also as far as their movies and stuff, right, um, is pretty interesting too. Because there's a there's a movie of theirs that I love. I want to see this thing remade because it gives me feelings of sort of nostalgia, but it's something new. It's not really. I don't know. It, there's some sort of offshoot that's nostalgia and not, right? I used to watch this show called Speed Racer. And it was this very basic cartoon of this kid who wanted to race cars. And the dubbing was horrible because it was all fast and mm-hmm. everything. And it was just like redi- the car did ridiculous things. You'd press certain buttons and it would be like, you know, things would inflate that would make it float on water or it would jump or it would send a robotic bird out of it or something. It'd just be weird shit. Right. Well, the Wachowskis, um, now the Wachowski sisters, they made Speed Racer the movie. They did some pretty cool things, but everyone seemed to hate it for some reason. Was it with real people or was it, it was real. an animation? It was real people, hmm. yeah. I, I thought it was great as far as as much as you could do a rendition of something like that, they did a pretty good job. John Goodman was Pops Racer, mm-hmm. Speed Racer's father. I mean, they did a good job of like making the you know the ridiculous things in there. They also did some really groundbreaking things with the way they filmed the environments. They had like three, and this was back probably early two thousands, I think, where it captured all of the surrounding area with perfect clarity. So what they did was they assembled these bubbles and in bubbles in space that had this realistic look all around them. So they could use those realistic backgrounds and it's like everything is completely clear, exactly in focus. Some people complained that it gave them headaches and things like that because there wasn't any perspective, but it, it was trying to mimic the old cartoons. So that's the reason why it didn't want to have it wanted to have some perspective, but not the whole thing. Right. And they and they did, you know, the interesting sort of groundbreaking things with these cameras, but no one seemed to like it. Except me. Because except you, because it brought me back to when I was a kid. Yeah, right. It's your own nostalgia. Yep. Have you seen any of the Netflix shows, the toys that made us, or the movies that made us? Like literally, that's what they're called. That's what they're called. No, I have not. Okay, it goes over like popular toys of various decades. You know, like things like My Pretty Pony or Legos or. Furbies, probably. Beanie Babies. Uh, beanie Babies. I, I don't think they have Beanie Babies, but that's a good one. I was just about to ask you, which one would you want to see on that show? Beanie Babies. Beanie Babies. For sure. That was a big collectible back It was yeah. the collectible, which brings us to nostalgia of collectibles. Right. Remember? remember what a smooth transition. Yes. Smooth did you have move. any, did you have a lot of those? Uh, I did. I had a lot of Beanie Babies. Yeah. Um, my favorite one, I think, was the Sharpay Beanie okay. Baby. Very cute. Interesting. I also had the, uh, when Princess Diana was murdered, um, I got one of the Princess Diana bears, too. Okay. Yeah. That was, a, was, that a, was that a beanie? It was a beanie baby. Yeah, it was a purple bear. Um, it had a rose on her chest. Okay. And it had like a special tag. And it was like, they made it in like a, a, a memory for her. In memory um, of... 
of princess right Diana. and i i've heard they're worth quite a bit of money these days yeah. but i um yeah, I never heard of I, that. That's I even got its own little case for it. I got a case for its tag and then a case for its entire body. Huh. It was a really cute beanie baby, for yeah. sure. It was just a plain purple little bear. She was cute. I remember a girl I was dating back in the 90s got me a beanie baby. And I don't know what she was telling me because it was uh, Inch, the inchworm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it had all the, yeah, rainbow, I had that one the too. rainbow colors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I immediately was like, what are, what are you she saying? She was trying to poke fun at you. Yeah. Make a joke. About my worm. <laughs> so Beanie Babies is an excellent one. I would think uh, the thing that I would want to see on that show, boy, I've got I've got three of them. Do you have anything else that comes to mind or is just Beanie Babies your big thing from back in those days? Um, yeah. I mean, really, Beanie Babies and Furbies. They, I mean, they Furbies. were a big thing. Yeah, that's an excellent Um Yeah. Furbies, I, uh, now, they were pretty creepy. Yeah, that's what I was actually about to say. <laughs> um, a friend of mine had this all black Furby. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was at her house um, having a little sleepover. And her Furby wouldn't shut the fuck up. Okay. So she took the batteries out of it. But it still kept moving. And she ended up throwing it in the backyard or something. But... I mean, it wouldn't continue to speak, but its eyes would open and close and its mouth would open and close, even with the batteries out. And it would just be sitting still like on her dresser. It wouldn't even be near it, but it would still move and shit. And we did not appreciate that. No, that sounds... Especially as like an eight-year-old. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. There weren't any. There weren't any other places for batteries or anything? No, mm -mm. just the batteries at the bottom of the booty. Weird. Yeah. I wonder if it's I like a backup we, battery in the in the thing. She or threw it into a fire, actually. Not that same <laughs> night. Okay. Um, but her parents would throw these crazy extravagant like neighborhood block parties right, at her house. Right. So she And they would they would have it. a big fire. And I remember specifically because her mom got fucking pissed at her for throwing that Furby in the fire and right. like smacked her across the face and was like, that thing was like $50 or, you know, she, she just made a big deal about it. And she was like, mom, the thing was possessed. Like, no, it was acting weird. It was acting weird. I didn't want it anymore. Right. Yeah. Like, um, have you ever those... seen a Furby with its face gone? Like the fur? Oh yeah. Gone? It looks really, yeah. Yeah. No. That's the creepy part. Yeah. It's, it's just like, all mechanical. It's, it, yeah. It's kind of like, um, five nights at Freddy's games Yeah, yeah. where those, those mechanical things come to life mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, it's really kind of creepy. I've, but I've they, heard of that show. I've never really watched oh, it, but I know that there, it's like creepy shit. It's like horror it, for kids. Oh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, that it's, one. It's a game originally. A game. I don't. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I'll, I'll show it to you. But it's it's basically sort of what you're trying to do is you're uh, a night watchman, mm-hmm. and you watch cameras. This is the original game. It's kind of gotten a little more complex, and the universe has expanded a little bit. But you work in one of these like Chuck E. Cheese Chuck type e. Cheese, places, yes. right? But it's specific. These these animals. You're warned that they move around, but you're supposed to. What what you have to do is you have to look at the cameras and see when they are moving towards you, and shut your doors. You have a certain amount of power in your control room. And if you don't time it right, then, you know, basically it's implied that they kill you. And you're supposed to survive over uh, five nights. Oh, I see. Five nights at Freddy's. Yeah, I actually thought it was a TV show. They are basically supposed to be kid-friendly in in that universe during the day, Mm, right? That's not kid But there's a lot of, well, I bet there are, it gets, if you want fucked up storyline, just read the the background on what happened in that universe, like through the games, because it's like crazy, like murder people murdered and put into these automaton things, and they get possessed somehow. It's really creepy. Interesting. Yeah, not something that I'm into, oh. but I I've watched people play it on Twitch. You know. I see. Yes. Yeah. What was I going to say about... You were talking about the three toys that you would want to see on that show. Thank you. My three that I'm thinking of are the Atari 2600. Okay. Eric and I talked about Atari insofar as there's the the game that is 
recognized as the worst game, like one of the worst games of all time, E.T., based on the movie. But I remember it fondly for all the patches that I would get from Activision games. Anyway, I, I don't need to re- rehash that. But the Atari 2600, it, it's an interesting sort of development story. I've heard, I've seen other shows tackle that, right? Mm-hmm. As far as the rise and fall of Atari. But it would be neat to see on that show. And then also Laser Tag. Have you played Laser Tag in any of the local Laser Tag places, I, like I, golf as, and stuff? Or yes, whatever? as a child. I think when la- the Laser Tag first came out there, actually, right. in the um, uh, Fantastics. 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 Um, they had a I great setup. Yeah. Honestly. It was, um, they're like, no running. How can you not run? Like, am I supposed to just walk around? That's stupid. Yeah. So, of course, everybody you just ran. Walk, you walk fast. You walk fast, and I fell down some stairs. Were you okay? No, no, no. I was not okay. Um, no. I had, like, a bloody nose, and, like, they had to stop the whole fucking thing, and I just right. felt bad because everyone was kind of pissed at me. But mm. I always just fall. It's fine. I have poor luck like that, but right. I never did it again. I was mm. embarrassed, but I should have followed the rules and right. not ran down some stairs but it was fun while it lasted yeah i remember taking a a date there to the to that one <laughs> um that laser tag and they've they've changed the i don't know if they still have it well i suggest they take out the stairs maybe ramps ramps they, would be better i think they do have some ramps yeah well, the stairs i don't remember they i don't think they have stairs anymore I think and it's, it's like a ramps. big dark room it is it and is stairs and with flashy things the first one that I went to was this place called Photon. It had these really like cumbersome sort of like a big helmet. Right. And a big sort of vest that had a thing on the chest that would count the time. But you went to an actual facility. It was like going to a place to play laser tag. It wasn't like a home system like mm-hmm. laser tag the game was. So anyway, I had some fun with laser tag. And then also one other quick laser tag thing. The I think I talked about this on another show. There's a virtual reality thing that I went to in Chicago called Mass VR that is pretty close to one of those shooter games where you pick up weapons and you, you can change them. It's just basically a first person shooter game. Right, okay. In virtual reality. Interesting. Yeah. It's set up in such a way that the levels like there are different levels. Like you can use a jet pack to get into, you know, certain levels and a zip line even, <laughs> which Fancy. is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, there's also no running in that. But when you're warned if anyone is in your vicinity. So it's like it shows you like a, an outline of the person. Because of this large map, people get displaced. But the 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 game itself knows where you are in relation to the map in the game. Okay. Um, so just because there's an outline in front of you doesn't mean that there's someone below you, right? Because of the way the 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 virtual reality place works. But it's it's really it's like laser tag, but with virtual reality. virtual reality. That sounds very interesting. Yeah, it would be fun. There is walking upstairs or ramps in that game, but you're mm-hmm. just moving. You're just moving. Yeah, so it's not like you're actually climbing. Although okay. it kind of feels like you are. <laughs> well, that would be fun. Yeah. But at the same time, not fun. Yeah. But you can't fall in virtual reality. No, well, you can't. Well. You, you, you can. You can fall in real life. But I mean, you would be falling in there, real life. There is, there's some things with, with um, using the zip lines in there. Because you don't actually use zip lines, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where people lose their balance because they're going really fast in the game. And their their body is saying that you're supposed to... You, you know, you're supposed to adjust yourself based mm-hmm. on this visual stimuli. You're standing still. So right. you have to brace yourself in such a way to make, make sure that you don't fall down because you lose your balance because of that zip line. It's really, it's really kind of a weird feeling, too, to go on a zip line and not be moving. And not be on a zip line. Right. Yeah. Right. Have you ever been on a real zip line? Yes. Okay. Yes. It was... Um, I mean, my my body wasn't connected to it, but I was on a zip line that was um, like there was a little cart that you would sit in. And oh, they would okay. Zip you up and down, right? Um, over the ocean, 
Okay. But yeah, I didn't actually like it at all. Okay. Because you were so high up off the ground. Right. And I mean, so high enough that if the zip line were to break, and this is my anxiety speaking, Mm -hmm. you were so high, you would still die from hitting the water. Like that's how high the zip line was. Hmm. I don't suggest it. Okay. Um, so so you, you're not going to go to Vegas and do no, that zip line mm, down there? No, Fremont. No, I'm going to skip that. I'm okay. good. I'm good. I've seen people do it and good for them. Um, and I don't think there's enough alcohol in this world that would, you know, give me the courage to do so. Right. But, um, and if I did, I would just be throwing up all over anybody, anybody. Like right. just. Well, I mean, motion sickness stuff. Yeah. You know? It's probably like anything else. Like if you go on the ocean, do you get motion sick? Or have you been like on a boat? I've been on a boat, but not as an adult. Okay. Um, Did you get but I remember sick? as a child, yes. Okay. So yes. You, you're probably really sensitive to altitude as well. Yes. Yeah. Especially in airplanes. Okay. I mean, not so much. I don't get nauseous as much. Right. But like headaches. Okay. I used to have an actual irrational fear of flying on an airplane. Like I would cry. When you were little? No. Okay. No, no. I'm, no. I'm, I'm, I'm um, not, yeah. And, 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 you know, I, I'm not, I'm not but saying. But not, not so much recently though. Like right. the last flight I went on, I'm like, fuck yeah, let's, I'm ready to die. So, um, but now I'm actually, the next chance I get to go on a flight, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it okay. actually. Cool. You can look at statistics and things like that and generally they're pretty safe, but right. yeah, I mean, it's, it's like any other fear. And anything in life is pretty much a gamble. Getting into a car is a gamble. You can't think about the odds of those things or else you're just not going to do anything. It's true. It's true. Sometimes you just have to... Roll the dice. Roll the dice and push through it. You know, because then some people, it happens to them, but it's, you know... that's You you mentioned the fact that um, I ride a a two-wheeled vehicle. Those things are very dangerous. I feel like you have a higher chance of dying on those. Oh, yeah. With insurance, collision or anything, no way. I mean, it doesn't matter because if if there's any kind of collision, I'm pretty much toast. Yeah, most of the... Yeah, I mean, I feel like you're toast more than not toast. Right. I mean, even with... with, Even with... (laughs) Whole wheat? No, white. White. White toast. White toast. Okay. Dry white toast. Supple white toast. Okay. You Um, would just become ground beef at that point. Yeah. If you were to get hit by a car. Right. Dude. It's it's dangerous. But the the thing is, it keeps me more alert in, in that vehicle than I was in my car. I feel like I'm in more control of something like a two-wheeled vehicle rather than a four-wheeled vehicle. And it's enjoyable. And like I said, yeah, there's a risk associated with that. And definitely there's more of a chance that I wouldn't survive a crash. But still, it's 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 one of those things where, you know, I can protect myself as much as I can. Yeah, and if it brings, brings you joy, just do it. Yeah, just exactly. It. The last thing I wanted to say was uh, we used to have Estes Rockets which were these rocket kits where we would put, it's kind of one of those geeky hobbies that we Mm -hmm. would um, engage in, my brother and myself. Someone told us about these rockets that you you can still buy them. You can buy them here even. Mm -hmm. You build the rocket itself. It's a series of tubes and a cone, and it you you put a parachute on it to basically bring it back down to Earth. It's just like regular rockets, Right. right? And that was something that we used to just love. I mean, just make building the rockets, painting them up, and then shooting them up, and then sometimes getting them, but sometimes shooting them on the top of the high school. Yeah, yeah, or <laughs> they explode. Yeah, sometimes they, they'd explode because you'd have to put it in this wadding mm-hmm. that uh, basically protected the parachute, and it would blow the parachute and the, the cone out. But if you didn't have that that wadding there that was fireproof, you could burn up your parachute, which you didn't want to do. Mm-mm. That's not a good thing. No. Um, there's also a real, really weird thing that, that that they had that you know was the super expensive. Like you could buy a camera <laughs> that would, when it popped off, it would take a photo. But it seemed like a ridiculous idea because it's like, why would you want to do that? Right? It would would that be like a one-time use camera? No, it's just an actual camera that you put film into. Movies that are nostalgic to you. Movies that are nostalgic to me. Yeah. 
There's too many. There's too many. Too many. Um, Just name one of them. One, The Witches with Angelica Houston. Okay. Yeah. All right. They actually remade that one recently. I hated it. Yeah. I hated the remake. Angelica Houston. She that was um, was that before or after the Adams Family stuff? She I feel was like also it was before yeah. because um, I think the Witches was made. I, I you know don't quote me on the year, but like in the, maybe eighty eight ish, and then. Um, Adam's family was like really early nineties. So which were the, the there were three witches, right? The witches? Yeah. Um I am only familiar with the first one. Oh no, I meant like uh, the characters in there. The were... characters. So it was Angelica Houston was actually the high witch. She okay. was the main bitch. And <laughs> the witch bitch. The witch bitch. But she had all her subordinates, all her other witches and mm-hmm. I watched it recently, the original, and then I watched the remake. Terrible, but um, yeah, she, I don't. And then the, her assistant, who was like that blonde lady, mm-hmm. um, she turned out to be like a good witch by the end of it. But um, that's a nostalgic movie. Um, okay. The Labyrinth. Oh yeah, as well, Labyrinth, David definitely. Bowie. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool guy, Rip. Were you a Neverending Story? I was, okay. I was. I um, was. The second br- one, not so much. Yeah. The first one, I remember when that came out because that was one of the movies that my brother and I, when my father and when we went, when we were little kids, went to Florida. It was a, it was like a, a divorce thing. Like the parents got divorced and they had planned on taking us to Disneyland. So then they divvied up the time that we were going to spend between mom and, and dad. Mm. And dad at the time was single, so he wanted to go out and be single. <laughs> so he gave us some money and said that we could, you know, do whatever we wanted with the money, go out, get something to eat, go down, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Basically, we watched Never Ending Story on the cable or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we walked to this restaurant that was a seafood restaurant that we went to that we really loved. And we went back there by ourselves, two kids in a fancy seafood restaurant. Fancy. Yeah. Fancy boys. Yep. Yep. That's kind of, yeah, never ending stories, nostalgic. You, yeah, it was Falcor for me. He was a cool guy. Falcor. Yeah. You know, the luck dragon. Retro video games or nostalgic video games. Do you have anything that you, uh, any game or type of game that you play that brings you back to like those Nintendo days? Is it is it just Nintendo games for you? No, I mean it's not. Um, my first console uh, was a Nintendo sixty four. Okay, I got for Christmas in nineteen ninety six. All right, um, and I don't remember the first game I got on. It was some kind of mario type game um was it mario kart no it wasn't even mario um okay. you know, like the original super mario on the original nintendo right same format but just 3d graphics okay but it wasn't mario it was some other bitch i don't know <laughs> i remember playing that that was the first game he played on there okay and then um obviously super nintendo right. as well um right. i grew up uh you know, when I was really little, we had this babysitter that like had a loaded up house that had all kinds of shit and she had like a Nintendo in every room. Uh, so okay. playing like Donkey Kong and Mario on there. Right. Um, but another one that I played on my, my own Nintendo 64 um, besides Ocarina of Time, which is one of the best games of all time, in my opinion, Diddy Kong Racing. Okay. That was really fun. And yeah. then Mario Party. Yeah. Mario Party was a big hit. Mario Party. I remember that Um, on the GameCube and also um, on the Wii. They had versions of Mario mm -hmm. Party that were cool, but uh, but these are older. Yeah, the Nintendo 64 ones were where it's at. Um, All the really cool levels, and I just, I loved Mario Party. It was like I could play it for hours and hours and hours and never be bored. Yeah. Let's see, what else did I play on the Nintendo 64? GoldenEye. Oh, yeah. GoldenEye. That was one of the first. First person shooter games I ever got into. Yeah. Perfect. Um, Wasn't Perfect Dark on that system too? Yes, it was. I actually had that on my, um, it, they had this thing on the Xbox 360. It was called Retro Replay. Okay. And they had a shit ton of games on there. Right. Um, 
from like Nintendo 64 and Perfect Dark was on there. Um, yeah. All the Banjo-Kazooies, all the Spyros, yeah. um, everything was on there. And it was like 20 bucks for like huh. all these games. And it was so fun. I loved Perfect Dark too. That was fun. Yeah. And then Jet Force Gemini. Um, that one was really cool. I just loved the little Ewok looking bear things that you can rescue. Those were cute. Um, my main shit was always Zelda. Right. Um, right. It, it definitely grew my love for video games, for problem solving, for open world games. Yeah. Ocarina is, is one of those ones that everyone wants a remake or a remaster. Um, I think they should. Really? But I would want it, but I would want it to be exactly the same like storyline and everything, but okay. just bigger and, right. you know, updated graphics to now. Okay. I want to see every blade of grass. Okay. In Hyrule Field. Yeah. This this is this is one of the one of the things that I wanted to ask you because I've got my my retro video games, but it's mostly mm-hmm. old school shit, right? Old school shit. Like, are um, you talking like pinball? Uh, pinball. Pinball stuff. Like, uh, I'm like I'm I'm a huge fan of of pinball. Mm-hmm. It's not quite the same. There there's something to be said when you're playing an actual physical pinball machine. Right. Any kind of simulation that you do of it is never going to be like a pinball machine, ever. There are too many other things that, you know, the more you play it, the field changes a mm-hmm. little bit. Just, you know, just a little bit, right? Because there's, there's wood, there's things that are wearing, there's the different targets, the spring back. It's, it's, it's different. Right. <laughs> it changes over time. And there's no way you can simulate that. But... It's not the same. Most of the, my favorite pinball games, 80s and 90s, like those era pinball machines. And there is a game uh, that I bought, actually, when I first got my, my PlayStation 4. The company is Farsight Studios, and they've got the pinball arcade. Mm-hmm. And they had, like, different seasons that would, you know, basically they have different pinball machines uh, that were included that were historical even ones like from the 60s and 70s like old school they would put in there and they would feel and sound and everything like the original games right it it, it was very close and and some of those sounds and things kind of t- took you back like you know like various like the black knight song and speech but it's not the same like i said it's not the same as a physical Right. right. Unfortunately, Pinball Arcade, and I bought all the seasons pretty much, but they lost their license in 2018. So they now no longer make those. They, they can't sell those tables anymore. Wow. But I still have them on my hard drive, thank goodness, as far as like having the licenses. So mm-hmm. I can still play the old ones. But now they're only allowed to do like, stern pinball machines and gottlieb which are like i don't want to say third world pinball machines but they're third world pinball machines they're not they don't they don't have the complexity that williams bally william bally williams were masters at pinball machines I can see by the glazed look in your eye that you're not really into pinball. So me, you know, the thing that keeps popping up into my mind, mm-hmm. um, which I would say brings back the negative part of nostalgia that we kind of talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. When I think of pinball, I think of this really fucked up movie that my mom made me watch when I was little about okay. pinball machines. The movie specifically wasn't about pinball, but it was about pinball. And I can't tell you the name of the movie, but I can tell you that I think the main character was actually the lead singer of The Who, and Diana Ross was in that movie. Oh, and yeah. And like, the, yeah, the mom t- like fucking swam around and baked beans, and like the main character was like deaf and blind, right? I think. Right. And um, like watching that as a child really fucked me up to pinball machines. I was actually terrified of pinball machines. Okay. For um, a long time because I was worried that I'd go deaf so... or blind or like baked beans would come and spill out on me. Yeah, there I was mean, a that's... lot of abuse in that movie. Yeah. But that's um, not that's not a movie you you basically would show I don't know. A child? A child. Right. right. 
Right. Um, My mom grew me up on the Exorcist, Rocky Horror Picture Show, and whatever the fuck this movie is. Yeah. Um, um, and then they put Diana Ross in like a coffin filled with nails, and yeah. then she bled She's everywhere. The, the acid queen. I yeah, think is the what acid her name. acid yeah. queen. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I just remember, like pinball machines were all the rage in that movie. Tommy, right? That was it. Tommy. Was it Tommy? It was Tommy. Yeah. Tommy. So I was just when you, when we're talking about pinball machines, I'm just having these nostalgic negative flashbacks of just abuse and okay beans. So all right. So I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I apologize because I, I have it so- took me a while to think of all of this, yeah. but it was just so. But thank you for bringing that back into my life. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna Google it later. I'm gonna watch it. Tommy, I'm gonna watch it. Okay, is it on Netflix? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, it's, it's an older, it's an old movie, but it's all, it's, you know, it's kind of, it's a very trippy sort of. But now I know the movie. name of it. So now I, um, now I know. Also Elton John. Was, Elton John. Yes. It was in it too. Yes. Um, in fact, they made a pinball machine called Captain Fantastic, which was basically Elton John mm-hmm. from that move or from Tommy, um, in that role. So did you, so, did you watch that movie? Um, like when it came out, was no. it like a popular movie? It was popular to, to classic rock people, people okay. who love the Who. I never saw it. Would you say? Oh, you've never seen it? No, no, oh, okay. No. Well, I think you should I've watch heard about it. it. I think you should watch it. I feel like Tommy is the Who's Pink Floyd's The Wall. I right. think that's like kind of the vibe that I'm getting for both of those. Yeah. Um, because they're both trippy as shit. The Wall, especially. The wall also a piece of nostalgia for me. Yeah, I watched that. A lot of people in, would say in, like in bad in a bad way. No, okay. No, okay. Uh, people would say take drugs and watch the wall, and I'm like, cool. No, I'm good. I'll just listen to the album. Yeah, I don't want to correlate the two. Have, but have now you, I'm just. A... Have you ever heard the thing where if you start Dark Side of the Moon in a certain spot, mm-hmm. it matches up with the wizard of oz i have actually i have okay. heard that never tried it myself yeah i've never tried i don't it have the patience for that <laughs> which one the wizard of oz or dark side of the trying Moon? to time it up together oh like i would have well, to i would the, have to like youtube like you I know and i and i just don't care for the wizard s- of oz that much to yeah. match I think, it up i think streaming this, these days also is a is a problem because streaming can can adjust the you know how you know, how long it takes to deliver it to right. so I will stop talking about pinball. One more thing before we call it is game remasters. Now I mm. wanted to talk to you about that and what you think about that. Okay. Game remasters is that something that you want? Is that, is that good or bad? I mean, I think it could be both. Right. Um, with my experience, game remasters have been either really fucking good or really fucking bad. Right. Like re- like the worst the and worst. Is that because the technology they didn't they didn't, you know, make the graphics better or anything like that or is it just that it was a bad game and you don't remember that it was a bad game? I'm trying to think of examples to be honest. Um yeah. one thing that's popping into my mind is um Resident Evil 2 uh-huh. on the Nintendo 64 versus Resident Evil 2 on, I think I had it, it was a PlayStation, I think. Right. It was either PlayStation or Xbox. I don't know which one I had it I've, on. I've got it on my um, Dreamcast, actually. But That was Nemesis, was, right? It was, nope, just Resident Evil 2. No, okay. I think you're right. It might have been Nemesis, but mm. I don't, I'm not sure. Um, Leon was in it. Right. And Clara? Claire. Claire, thank I you. I think it's Claire, yeah. Um, but the remaster, quote unquote, it there was no remaster about it. It was right. just the same game. And now I don't get me wrong, I was really thankful to have it on my newer console. Right. Um, but I was I was really expecting like a little bit of better graphics and and control mm-hmm. of the characters. Right. Um, but there was none of that. None of that. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, and there's also, were you a Mass Effect person or no? No. No. I, I prefer something new. Mm-hmm. So something like Mass Effect I've already played before, right? Right. Uh, I don't want to play through it again. Uh, what are the ones? Uh, Bio, oh gosh, what was it called? Was it Bioshock? Bioshock. Right. Yeah, the Bioshock games. A lot of people, it's like mm-hmm. they're, they're new versions of that. And it's mm-hmm. just like I played through those games 
and I want my re- memories to stay intact. Right. Right. Remaster or no remaster. I want to remember them how I remember them. Because a lot of those, it's the same thing. It's like you said, when you res up or do things like that, mm-hmm. you can really do a bad, you know, it, it can be bad. Right. It can turn out really horrible. Or you can just like port it, in which case it's the same game. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, shitty graphics, right? Right. I think, and I'm giving, I'm going to give you a, an example of a game that I just wrapped up, which is Psychonauts 2. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Schafer. Are you familiar with Double Fine games at all? What was the word you used? Double Fine? I don't know what that means. Double Fine is the name of the company. No, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, they, they did uh, Brutal Legend was another game that they did. Um, Psychonauts. They're, they're basically an indie. Well, they started out an indie studio ish. Mm-hmm. Um, they did Psychonauts for Xbox, the original Xbox, okay. exclusively, but they got dropped <laughs> by Microsoft because they couldn't make their time. So oh, Microsoft damn. said, "F you, we're done." And so they scrambled to find someone to put it out, and they did. They found this company, Majesco, that didn't have any you know, like advertising budget for the game or anything to Mm -hmm. just publish the game. So it didn't get a lot of airplay or airplay. (laughs) It (laughs) didn't get a lot of play because it was poorly marketed. Right. But it was a wonderful game, twisted, sort of Tim Burton-y in kind of its, people criticized it for the characters being ugly. You know, a lot of the characters have one eye that's lower than the other. Odd character designs. Right. But the story just so interesting. Um, the first one was a little kid. He runs away from the circus to go to a psychic summer camp, which is kind of funny in itself because there was always a saying where your kid's going to run away and join the circus. Right. right? This way, it's he's running away from the circus. But it's it's a really cool game. And I found that completing Psychonauts 2 gave me that feeling of nostalgia because it was essentially, it kept pretty much the same game, mm-hmm. right? It was better graphics, but it felt like almost like I was playing that old game right. again, just with a different story, with a new story. I think that that is what I want from any game that comes out as as a instead of a remaster or something like that i want something that brings me back to the feeling of the original game that keeps a lot of that old you know old mechanics and stuff okay but okay. with a new story right so you know i mean it, it, you're trying to people are always trying to iterate on whatever the ip is and mm-hmm. make it better and better and better but i think there's something to be said for taking something like an old property keeping those things that made it special mm-hmm. and made it what it was, but just do a different story with it. Right. You know, bring it into the today's, you know, uh, timeline for with that with that in mind. I would mm-hmm. I wanna play that. And that's that's I can't say anything negative about psychonauts. If you like weird stories, twisted stories, you like have this thing you throw a door on someone and you can go into their mind and their mind is all weird and you got to cool. do things like collect well it's it's a platformer mm-hmm. right it's just a really odd platformer where you have these different psychic powers that you use and you have to unlock you know you have to do like solve minor puzzle solving things mm-hmm. with using different powers to beat certain enemies or right. it just took me back to when i used to go to the coffee shop and play that on my laptop I don't want just retro. I don't want these arcade classics or mm-hmm. you know reinventing of an arcade classic. It's better graphics or or something like that. I mm-hmm. want. I don't know. That's maybe that's a little different. Arcade games are different, right? Do you have an arcade game that you get uh, kind of nostalgic about? I couldn't ever really go to, like afford to go to like an arcade. I just had like my console. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Yeah, arcades were a major part of my upbringing as far as socially. Right. Right? Yeah, um, Crazy Taxi. Crazy Taxi is a good one. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. still I've got Crazy Taxi and Crazy I Taxi too. I have it on too. my Xbox. Yeah. yeah. Let's go make some crazy money. Yeah. 
Is that good? That was actually perfect. You think? Yeah. I I need to. You got to like get some voice acting. I too. I I could do it. Yeah. No, you could. So, well, let's, let's uh, put the bow on the nostalgia, the nostalgia trip. Do you have anything else that uh, you want to talk about nostalgia or we? Well, I mean, if there's something out there that's, you know, that means a lot to you. It's deep back. to your heart, brings it brings you joy, brings you happy. Hold on to it. Yep. Or get a new one or right. whatever. Right. You know? Yep. Just it's, just do it. Yep. You don't want to live in the past, right? No, you just want to But it's okay to visit those visit memories, those happy memories every once in a mm-hmm. while. And and kind of feel like you used to feel. On that note, let's go ahead and close the show. Close the door. The nostalgia door. Um, so thank you very much for joining us this week. I am Ben. I'm Sammy. And we've been your hosts and, and this is the end of the show. (laughs) Bye. Bye.